Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter two of The Right and the Good, one of W.D. Ross's major contributions to moral theory. He lays out this conception of prima facie duties, that is, duties that are not always binding in every single case, but which tend to be good guideposts, because they tend to be what is morally required of us from situation to situation to situation. And one of the duties that he discusses that's particularly interesting is this duty of gratitude. And he's not the first philosopher to discuss this. As a matter of fact, Cicero said that gratitude is the mother of all the virtues. Aristotle discusses gratitude. It's one of Hobbes's laws of nature that when benefits are shown to a person, that person doesn't give the other person reason to regret having benefited them. So gratitude is a theme that's been made important within philosophy, but Ross actually places it as a particular kind of duty. So what does he have to say about it? We're going to look at that, and then we'll look at some of the the problems that could come up with it. He says that if we want to think of it in terms of duty, it's what we call a special duty. So what would that be different from? A general duty such as justice or beneficence, or non-maleficence. Those are are duties that we owe sort of across the board to everybody, regardless of who we are, regardless of what their relationship to us is. For Ross, gratitude, and I think he's completely right in this, gratitude stems from the actions of particular others that have benefited us and our acceptance of those benefits. When we accept benefits that another person has provided us, it places us under a kind of obligation to them. And and the obligation can vary from type of benefit to type of benefit, how beneficial it is. But there is this, and I want to use the word general, there is this general conception that in specific cases, I owe something to those who have benefited me. And we'll talk about all different modes of that in, in a moment. Another key thing that Ross says, we tend to associate gratitude with a kind of feeling or attitude or maybe, you know, thoughts about a person. Ross says that's not what really matters. It's the actions that matter. So one of the things that we ought to do if we want to wrap our heads around this is we ought to think of the kinds of actions that a person who is grateful to another person or perhaps to an institution, we could think of all sorts of possibilities. What does gratitude actually look like displayed in behavior or perhaps in gestures, but not just in feelings? So, obviously, one of the first things that we could say is the behavior of thanking, of perhaps writing a thank you note, something I'm very bad at myself. Fortunately, the email exists because when it comes to written thank you notes, I'm, I'm very, very bad about sending those out. Thanking a person is one sign of gratitude, and in certain cases, that might actually be enough to discharge the duty. Somebody holds open a door for you, you say thank you, that's probably enough in, in a case like that. 
walking through the door without acknowledging their presence in any way, that would be a jerky move. That would be against duty. That would actually be something wrong in, in Ross's view. You should acknowledge it. You don't have to send them a gift basket because they opened a door for you. That would be a bit excessive. So sometimes the gestures or actions are tailored to the action. You receive a scholarship. You probably shouldn't just write a, a little, you know, thank you email. You should probably write the scholarship selection committee or, or the, the institution that's giving it and tell them a little bit about what you're going to do with that scholarship. That would be a good thing to do. Ross would say it's not just a nice thing. He doesn't care about nice. And actually, neither do I, because nice usually isn't the same thing as good, right, just, anything like that. It's the right thing to do. So there's a lot of things along these lines. You know, somebody takes you out to dinner and they pick up the check. Maybe the next time around you say, hey, I'm going to reciprocate by picking up the check next time. And it could be proportioned to some degree. Somebody who's got a lot of money invites you out to their house for whatever outing it is. You know, when I was a kid, for example, we would go to the, this, this uh, house every Christmas for this big Christmas party that involved creating a gigantic wreath and, you know, stringing lights onto it and pulling it up to some gigantic house that one of my dad's clients owned. And, you know, is there any way that my dad could possibly reciprocate the sort of thing that that client was inviting him to. He actually invited him out, out to his yacht a few times, too. Well, my dad didn't have a yacht, and my dad didn't have a big house to invite people to. So you can't reciprocate in that way, but maybe there's other ways in which you can you can reciprocate. And maybe the gesture for somebody who has less resources doesn't have to be as big, as sweeping, as involved as that who has a lot of resources and a lot of superfluous wealth and can do things with it. So the duty is to do some sort of action, to reciprocate in some tangible, concrete way, not merely to feel grateful to the person, not merely to think good thoughts about them, but to actually do something that, you know, it could be conveying that. You could say, I feel so grateful as you write the note, but the emphasis is on actually sending the note, not just on having the feeling. As a matter of fact, Roth says the feeling, and here we might differ with him a bit, the feeling is not something that you actually have a duty to. It's good if you have the feeling, but it's not a matter of right or wrong. So what are the sorts of things that we need to be grateful for? Ross distinguishes three things that he says are intrinsic goods. Virtue, intelligence, and pleasure. So let's think about pleasure first. Somebody does something that is pleasant for you. They buy you some MP3s uh, and send you an iTunes gift card saying, Hey, I knew that you really liked this group. Their new album just came out. I want you to have this. Hope it makes you happy. That would be an example of something you would have to be, you should be, you ought to be grateful for. It would be right for you to reciprocate in some way, at the very least to, to send an email thanking them. What are other things that we find pleasant? People invite us out to eat. They buy us rounds of drinks. They send a nice note themselves saying, hey, I, I get a lot of these myself. Really like uh, what you're doing with the videos. Saying thank you is uh, an appropriate response to that sort of thing. There's many other types of pleasure. Somebody gives you a back massage because they can tell that you're having a rough day. and In that case, it might be alleviating pain, but it could also be producing pleasure. Somebody plays a song for you. Somebody takes you out to the art gallery or to the, you know, the, the, the sports arena to watch whatever it is that you're into. For me, it'd be NFL football. 
Uh, although I do like watching, you know, basketball live, not on TV. We could imagine all sorts of other things that we find pleasant. Going on a vacation, going on a day trip. All those sorts of things could incur duties of gratitude. What about intelligence? I sometimes, it's not as frequent as perhaps it is with some other professors. I sometimes have students coming up to me at the end of the semester, the very last day, and thanking me for the class that we have just engaged in, my, my teaching, them doing a lot of homework and a lot of discussion and a lot of learning on their part. So that's them showing gratitude for me having benefited them. And they're not just saying, hey, you know, you were really entertaining. The class was super fun. That would be about pleasure. Instead, there's a recognition that I've helped them to learn something that they think is intrinsically valuable. Usually it's an ethics class. We could say many things along those sorts of lines. Should we be thanking our teachers, our professors, our instructors? That seems like appropriate behavior. Now, if you didn't actually learn anything from them, you're under no obligation whatsoever, Ross would say, to actually thank them because they didn't benefit you in terms of intelligence. They didn't, they didn't improve your store of knowledge. What about virtue? Moral virtue, Ross says, we owe people gratitude when they benefit us in those ways. So it's not just when they display virtuous behavior towards us, say being generous or being kind or being compassionate or being thoughtful. It's when they help us to become better people. Now this is an interesting one because sometimes what it takes in order for us to improve is experiencing things that we do find painful. It could be punishment. It could be somebody telling us, hey, I, I think you're a jerk. You really need to like improve your character because look at how you behave. That's not easy to hear, but those sorts of things can sometimes be either cumulatively or by themselves, turning points that people need. I, I remember a student who came up to me two years after I had him in class. It had been two years since I had seen him. I, I had him my very first semester when he was kind of a young hothead and I was kind of a young hothead. And the very first day in class, he said something about his opinion. And I kind of blew up at him, which wasn't a good thing in retrospect. And I told him, nobody cares anything about your opinion. If all you've got is your opinion, I don't want to hear it. These other students don't want to hear it. Unless you've actually got something better than just your personal views, something that other people could find interesting, rational, entertainable, I don't want to hear it. And he got kind of mad, but he shut up and, and didn't say anything the rest of the semester. And he came up to me two years later and he said, I really got to thank you. That was a turning point for me. Nobody had ever said that to me, and I really needed somebody to say that to me. And once I started, I was really mad at you, but once I started thinking about it, I realized, yeah, actually, I do need to get my act together and stop just, you know, saying that things matter because they're my opinion, because who am I? I need to actually be able to say things that other people could find reasonable not just because I find them reasonable, but because they find them reasonable. And so I suppose you could say that with some intellectual things, but that's also helping them to progress towards better character. I know that myself, I've had quite a few of those moments where people have told me, hey, you really need to work on this, or wow, you, you're totally out of line in this respect. And at the time, you don't really feel like taking it. It's sort of like bitter medicine, 
but it really is helping you to, to become a, a, a better person morally. So that's something that we ought to be grateful for. Those are, those are intrinsic goods, Ross would say. And then there's all sorts of instrumental goods. Somebody saves your life. Life, you know, it's a good because it allows you to enjoy all sorts of other goods. You should be grateful to them, even if you didn't want them to. You know, that's a benefit to you. There's all sorts of other things that we could think of. Somebody gives you some money. Money is not an intrinsic good. Money is an instrumental good. Still, it's a good. Somebody benefits you. It allows you to improve your situation with respect to some of the other goods. We've talked about some examples of how people show gratitude, actually display it in action. We've talked about some of the things people ought to be grateful for. There's several problems that one could raise, which are not insurmountable problems, and, and Ross does have good responses to these, these sorts of things, but you have to kind of work at them. One would be, how do you show gratitude to people that you are not able to do anything for in return? Or you're not able to do something similar to that in return? Is there a duty just to them? Or could that duty be discharged in other ways? What I have in mind is when we talk about paying it forward. So imagine this. I've got this crazy idea that I'm going to do random acts of kindness to people and they'll pay it forward. And what we mean by pay it forward is they're not going to reciprocate to me. I may even like be totally off the scene. They have no idea who I am by the time that they experience the benefits. But I put in there something like a note, and I say, pay it forward. That means help somebody else out in turn. That's how you're going to display being grateful, not to me, but to somebody else. So I help somebody out in, in some way, and then they help somebody out, and helping somebody out for them is a good act on their part, but they're doing it to try to be, you know, an ex it's supposed to be an expression of gratitude towards the stranger's behavior towards them, that, that somebody did something good for them. And then the next person does it, and the next person does it, and the next person does it. That would be one way in which this could be done. Does that fit into Ross's conception? Let's consider some other somewhat similar cases. I would ask my students, how can you be grateful to your parents for all that they've done to you. And sometimes the students will say, well, you know, when they get old, I'll take care of them. And they may or may not do that. What can you do right now, though? I can say thanks, but that, and then the students will say, but that doesn't even like seem to come close to what they've done for me. And some of them will say, man, I, I really, I can't do what it is that they've done for me in return and then they'll say, you know, I can make something of myself. They've invested time, energy, affection, interests, sacrifices in me, in my educational development, in my emotional well-being. I can actually try to be a good person, try to get my screwed up life on track and, you know, keep my, improve my grades, get a good job, all those sorts of things I can do to try to say thank you to them for having given me what I've got. So this, this is actually tying in with what Ross calls the duty of self-improvement. Self-improvement and, and gratitude could coincide in some ways, just as beneficence in the case of paying it forward and gratitude could combine in certain ways.
Now, another problem that you might raise, should I be grateful to people who do good things to me, but then expect me to do something bad in return to show my gratitude to them? There are many people who do good things to other people precisely to get in with them so that they can manipulate them down the line and get them to do things that really they shouldn't do, things that go against other duties. For instance, taking people out and, and giving them a really good time so that you can sway them to go against the duty of justice, which requires a fair proportioning of, of goods. I want somebody to give me a bigger share so I treat them really nice. And then if they're you know, tempted not to do that, I say, hey, wait a second. Are you an ingrate? There's many people who feel that once they've been benefited by another person, look, they owe that other person. And even if it transgresses other duties, even if it's wrong because it violates a justice or non-maleficence or even self-improvement, the duty of, of improving one's own self or fidelity to another person, that somehow they're still obliged to do it. And Ross would say, well, this is one of those cases where duties conflict, and you really need to think about which duty in that particular case is most stringent. A duty which is set up to require you, this is where the manipulativeness comes in, to require you to contravene, to go against another duty, we really ought to look at those as being less stringent. So the person who you're supposed to be grateful to, that may be a factor in lowering the amount of gratitude or the way in which you're supposed to express gratitude to that person. By the way, Ross doesn't seem to think that it's up to the other person to decide entirely what counts as gratitude. It's, it's more up to ourselves, but we, we shouldn't be cheap or stingy when it, when it comes to that. So that's the prima facie duty of gratitude. A lot of considerations here. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.